Ephesians 5.15 says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this time together. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, uh, for your faithfulness and your peace and your comfort again over all of these families, our pastor, his family, and Cody and Miss Dora. We, Lord, we just sense your presence and, and your peace, Lord. And now we thank you for your word. And as we sang this morning, Holy Spirit, we want to hear your voice this morning. We want to hear your voice, Holy Spirit. We hang it on every word that you have to say, that you have written in your word. And I ask, Lord, that you would speak through me this morning. Uh, Lord, I pray, give us the grace and the strength to apply everything that it is that we read and talk about today to our lives. I bind up every distraction, every lie and hindrance of the enemy. We take authority today in Jesus' name and declare that no weapon formed against us shall prosper nor succeed. Your kingdom come and your will be done, Father, is what we pray today in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week, Pastor Todd talked about the changed life. He talked about the changed life as we continue in our series. One of the things that he said was that you can't live a changed life without the Holy Spirit's help. In the verses we just read, Paul connects these two statements. He starts out by saying, be careful how you live. And then he gave a few ways uh, that we can live the changed life, right? You see that in there in the scriptures? Then he says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So I truly believe that the only way you can successfully be able to live the changed life is to live the spirit-filled life, is by living a spirit-filled life. And so, of course, Pastor Todd asked me to preach on this today. He was continuing on. This is what he was planning on preaching on uh, next week. And so I believe that as he talked about living the changed life, that our lifestyle should change. For those of us that are Christians, how many of you would believe and concur that, that if we're born-again Christians, our life is changed, we should be living differently, right? We should have a changed life. How many of y'all would also agree that that's not always an easy thing, right? It's not always, it, it's easier said than done, especially when you first get saved, when you first become a Christian, when you were first born again. I know for me, it wasn't the easiest thing to change how I had been living for a solid 10 years or so, uh, you know, in the path and the sin and the things I was doing on a regular daily basis. It wasn't easy just to change my life over, right? You know, I needed the Holy Spirit's help. And guess what? You need his help too, right? So this morning, I want to talk to you about living the Spirit-filled life. Paul says here to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, before I go any further with that, let, let me just make a few things clear about the Holy Spirit. You know, I know there, there's a lot of different teachings and doctrines and theology around the Holy Spirit, uh, but I, I just want to just clarify a few things from the scriptures about who the Holy Spirit is. First, that the Holy Spirit, he is a person. He's not an it. He's not a, a force or like a, a power or a wind. He is a person, right? Last week, Pastor Todd said that, we, and he read how we shouldn't grieve or bring sorrow to the Holy Spirit. That shows that the Holy Spirit is a person. He has feelings, right? Are y'all following me? So when we talk about the Holy Spirit, just like we talk about God the Father or Jesus, and we say he and him, the Holy Spirit is the same way. It's he and him. He's not an it, right? Look what it says. Jesus himself makes it clear in John 14, 15, and 17. Jesus said, if you love me, 
Obey my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and will be with you later. Now, how did Jesus refer to the Holy Spirit? To he and him, right? Not to it. So we see that the Holy Spirit is a person, that he is a person. And more importantly than just a person, the second thing, the Holy Spirit is God as well. The Holy Spirit is God. Let me say that again. He is a third part of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So everything that Jesus was to his disciples when he lived here on earth, the Holy Spirit is to us. Everything Jesus was to his disciples, the Holy Spirit is to us. Look what Jesus, again, I'm, I'm going off of the exact words of Jesus by, by what I'm sharing with you this morning. John 16, 7, Jesus himself said this, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't go, the advocate won't come. Now, he just made it clear two chapters before what I just shared, the advocate is the Holy Spirit. But if I go away, then I will send him to you. See, Jesus made it clear, and we know that both Jesus and the Father are in heaven. Isn't that right? Jesus is not walking the earth anymore, right? God is on the throne in heaven. Jesus is seated at his right hand, or sometimes, like in Stephen's case, is standing at God's right hand, right? And the Holy Spirit, he is God at work here on the earth. So everything that God does on the earth today is through his spirit. Are y'all tracking with me? Does this make sense? You understand everything that God does. So, so as believers, you know, some of us, we talk about if you're new to the church or just been here, maybe you hear us talk about the presence of God or, or God speaking to us and this, and that. Anytime you sense God's presence or you, you feel like God's speaking to you or you hear about a miracle or somebody being healed or something supernatural happened, that's the Holy Spirit. It's God, the Holy Spirit that is working through uh, uh, us and in us on the earth. Are y'all following me? Like, matter of fact, I just heard this morning, a young lady just came up to me right before service and, and she had some stuff going on in her body and they had found something like a, like a, a mass or a tumor or something. And when they, uh, you know, when they did the, the report, found out it was benign and she had been praying fasting for two weeks. She's like, praise God. I just had to share. It. Amen. That's the Holy Spirit, right? That's God, the Holy Spirit at work. So I just wanted to, uh, you know, set this groundwork and, and, and there's a lot to this and, 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 but I just wanted to make that clear. Uh, who he is. He is a person. He's not an it. And he is God, the third person of the Trinity. Are y'all tracking with me? If you with me, say I'm with you. All right. Now let's go back to Ephesians chapter five. Now I'll go back to our text. The phrase be filled with the Holy Spirit in the original language is present and active. That means it's a continuous and commanded experience. It's a continuous and commanded experience. It's not a one-time thing. It's saying that believers' lives are to be continuously filled and governed by the Holy Spirit. When you have a continuous experience with the Holy Spirit, he will create a fresh hunger for Scripture, a new love for Jesus, a greater compassion for lost people, and a new display of the fruits of the Spirit in our lives. That's some of the things that, that some of the benefits or the, the blessings, you can say, of living a, a continuously Spirit-filled life. Ephesians also tells us that when you live a spirit-filled life, you express that love for Jesus and that joy for life through singing songs and making music. 
Amen. Look what it says in Ephesians 5, 18 and 19. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is continuous. There's a comma. Be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. How many of y'all like making music and enjoy the worship that we just had, right? How many of y'all, that, 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 for some of you, that may be your favorite part of the service, right? And, and you know, and, and I, I, I so love and enjoy worship as well. You see, joyful praise and worship are fitting responses to being filled with the Holy Spirit. That's a fitting response, you know. And, and I'm not trying to pick on anybody or step on no toes, but sometimes, you know, when, when people are just kind of like stiff in worship and just kind of looking and like, man, when's this going to be open? It's like, you, you might want to get a little more feeling to the Holy Spirit. You know, because I believe that what the Bible says is true. It's a, it's a natural overflow of being filled with the Spirit, is wanting to sing songs, is wanting to, is, is wanting to, uh, uh, express your love for the Lord. And I'm not talking about just in the church service. I'm talking about like every day, right? You ever, isn't it the greatest thing? You ever wake up, which leads into what I'm about to say. You ever just wake up with a song in your heart? It might have been a song that you heard three days ago or, or last week at church or like today. So you wake up tomorrow and there's just one of those five songs. You ever have that? Does anybody else do that? Like you just wake up and there's a, there's a worship song rolling around in your heart. And you just wake up. You start the morning with that song in your heart, right? Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I love you. And there's just, man, there's something about it. And that's what he says. That, you know what? It, 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 it's not only, of course, us singing verbally, but he also says making music to the Lord in your hearts. You know, it starts in our hearts. And I believe that the Holy Spirit does that. He, he, he reminds us or stirs up a certain song in our heart. As we're continuously pursuing him and being filled with him, there's a song stirring up in our hearts. And we want to sing it out in our own private time, you know, uh, in our house as we're walking around, you know, at church. You know, that's part of, uh, of being filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, I was talking to a worship leader one time. He was actually, uh, when I first took over as a youth pastor, he was our youth worship leader. And I was singing. I was walking by. And I think we had just finished the service. It might have been that evening. And I was singing. And and, and I was singing loud. One of the songs was just singing. And he kind of looked at me with this face like, boy, you need to stop, you know. And uh, and I said, yeah, I know, man. I know. I said, uh, I, I know I can't sing. I said, but you know what? The Lord thinks I sound good. And then he's... <laughs> He said this though, it was cool because he was just picking on me, but then he spoke something that, that, that stuck with me. He said, you're right. He said, the Lord does think you sound good because he's not listening to your voice. He's listening to your heart. Amen. That's a powerful, I said, man, I appreciate that, brother. That's so true, you know? And so he was encouraging me. He confirmed that I couldn't sing, but he confirmed that, <laughs> you know, that the Lord's not listening to our vocals, right? That's what he says, making music to your heart. Uh, in your heart to the Lord. The, the Lord, you see, the Lord hears the music in our hearts long before he hears it come out of our mouth. Amen. And I believe that this is some of the benefits of, of being filled with the Holy Spirit. There's a joy. It really comes back to joy. You know, I've been reading through Nehemiah again. And yesterday I read, you know, uh, and I was sharing this with Cody about the joy of the Lord is your strength. Right, brother? Cody was just saying he's, he's experiencing that joy and that peace. Even though it's hard, he's, as he has tears coming down his eyes, I can relate and, you know, losing, losing my dad and stuff. But he said, man, there's really, there's a peace, there's a joy. I believe Cody's filled with the Holy Spirit. I believe that's part of why the Lord's helping him through this, through this tough time. And he wants to help us all. But when you, when you feel the Holy Spirit, like all these families that are grieving today, you know, there's something about you can still sing a song of joy, even when you're grieving. Amen. Now let's look at, at, at some more benefits of being filled with the Holy Spirit. I gave you a few there, but I, I want to look at three more, uh, today, uh, before we close. And, and, and the, number one is 
one of the greatest benefits of being filled with the Holy Spirit is that he leads us. The Holy Spirit leads and guides and directs our lives. John 14, 17, again, Jesus himself speaking, he said, he is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. He leads and guides and directs our lives. You know, he wants to lead you and help you, listen to me, in every part of your life. He wants to, I think just my mom's the only one that believes that. He wants to lead and guide you in every part, every part, the little things and the big things, right? Even the smallest things, the Lord wants to lead you in, of course, the big things. The Bible says that he will lead us into all truth. Of course, the truth of the scriptures, the truth of the word, the truth of who God is, the truth of who he is, the third person of the Trinity, you know, but in every part of our life. Look, Jesus calls him one of the names of the Holy Spirit is the helper, right? He's an advocate, comforter, counselor, but he's our helper. Listen, isn't that nice to have, you know, some people have like a personal assistant. Isn't it nice to have a a, a full-time supernatural personal assistant, so to speak? Now, he is God, and he leads us and stuff. It's not like he's at our beck and call. It's not like that kind of assistant, but he assists us and helps us and guides us in our lives. If you're anything like me, man, I need his help. I need his leadership in my life. I need his guidance in the big and the little things, you know? I mean, I was thinking about even this morning. You know, I found out Friday evening, I was getting ready to take my wife on a date, and Pastor Ty called me and said that, you know, Brother Jim decided not to come in. So I found out Friday evening, we had been out of town for a few days, a church uh, staff and at a conference, and I found out Friday evening, I was preaching Sunday, and I had, I had nothing prepared, I hadn't started, I didn't have the mindset that I was preaching. I'm so thankful for the leadership of the Holy Spirit, that as I prayed Saturday morning, I came up here to prepare that I just trust the Holy Spirit, I know that you've ordained this, and that you're going to lead me and guide me. There's a comfort in that, amen? And I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit's leadership. You see, he shows us what to do and what not to do in our lives. You know, for example, there are some things that are written out in the Bible that are very plain, like we read in Ephesians 5.18. He says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. You can do all the Greek and Hebrew study you want, but that's very plain right there, right? Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Matter of fact, I, I was I was sharing at a, a a drug recovery center here in Scott, and I was doing like kind of like a life group setting, uh, and, and we have we was having some discussion, and you know it's a recovery center, drug addicts and alcoholics, and one of the girls, people, you know, so I know not everybody knows the Bible, and they said, does the Bible talk about drinking? I said, yeah, absolutely, it sure does, and I gave her some scriptures from Proverbs and whatnot, and then I, I read this scripture, and one of the brothers in there just kind of chuckled, was like, man, you can't get more plain than that, you know. Can't get more clear than that. You know, we know that, and some of you in here have experienced that, you know, getting drunk ruins your life, can ruin your life. And I'm going to go a step further and say, it can also ruin the life of people around you. Some of you have that experience. You maybe grew up in a home with with alcoholism or whatnot, and, and it can ruin your life. So some things are very, very plain, you know, like this scripture written out. But there are other things in lives, in life that are, maybe don't seem as clear. Maybe are not written out in the Bible as clear. And, and, and as I was preparing, I began to think about my own personal experience. You know, like when I first got saved, there were certain things that I was doing. Like I knew drunkenness and the drug use that I was doing. I knew those things were wrong. I knew there was sin. That, that stuff was ruining my life. And, and, you know, but there was other things right after I got saved. Like, for example, I'm just giving an example. And me personally, there were certain TV shows I watched, certain movies I would watch, certain music that I would listen to. And, and, you know, I would be sitting in my apartment by myself, either watching something or listening to something, and I would sense the Holy Spirit telling me that I needed to stop watching that stuff. 
that I needed to stop listening to certain people. Like, for example, I, I was trying to, trying to pray and trying to get free from, 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 you know, drug use. And, and I was still listening to some music that was promoting that. And it was, and y'all have heard me talk about this. And I was praying, Lord, deliver me, set me free. Lord, help me take the desire for drugs away from me. And it's like the Lord popped me behind my head and said, well, stop listening to the stuff that's promoting it. And that might seem like, you know, two plus two equals four. But for me, you know, nobody had to tell me that kind of stuff. The Holy Spirit was leading me in those decisions in my life. And going back to last week when Pastor Todd talked about, a big reason why the Holy Spirit leads us into, just for an example, certain things that we partake in is because, one, it was glorifying sin, and, two, it was grieving the Holy Spirit. As a born-again believer, a spirit-filled believer, I, I, I wasn't the same person. He was, he was living on the inside of me now. So as I'm partaking and watching and listening to all this stuff, those things were grieving the Holy Spirit. So ultimately, I begin to felt grieved because I begin to felt feel grief because he was living inside of me now. Are y'all tracking with me? Is that making sense? He leads us and guides us in the thing. You know, matter of fact, the Bible even talks about that. You don't need many teachers. The Holy Spirit will teach you. Now, of course, it's good to have teachers and leaders and people that can guide us because this church did help me in a lot of those ways. But in those particular areas, I remember just being by myself many a times in my apartment and the Lord just speaking to me, the Holy Spirit leading me and guiding me and said, you need to, you need to lay these things down. And guess what? It so helped out my walk with the Lord. Not only was it good because it grieved the Holy Spirit, but you know what? I was able to grow a lot faster and quicker in my faith and in my walk with the Lord. And now knowing, understanding, looking back in the calling that God had for me because I, 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 I submitted myself to the Holy Spirit's leadership. He doesn't just tell you what we need to stop doing, but he also will tell you what you need to be doing. Amen? Like there's some things, it's like, you know, what, what you need to be doing. Again, going back to where I'm at today, it was the Holy Spirit who led me and spoke to me about my calling and my gifting and my destiny, right? It was the Holy Spirit that began to, you know, speak that to me before I could remember sitting in the back right around this area and Pastor Todd's up here preaching. And I remember the first time I had the thought, man, I think I could do what he's doing one day. And that's, I just had that thought. And I mean, listen, I, I didn't even go to college, no education. I never had any kind of, you know, public speaking experience. But I just had that thought. And it just like left me. And as the years went on, I began to pray. And the Lord began to confirm his calling for my life. Now, I know ministry is way more than just preaching. But if you would know me 15 years ago, you would have been like, man, there ain't no way this Cajun boy from Bro Bridge is going to be able to, you know, get up there and speak on a regular basis, right? Some of you may still think that, like, man, you pronounce your words, slow down, you know, I'm, I'm trying, I'm working on it. But you know, he also leads us when we don't know what to do, right? When we don't know what to do, you know, again, there's decisions we have to make, right? All of us have major decisions, sometimes small decisions, and you absolutely have no idea, Lord, how am I going to handle this situation? What am I going to do? I, I, you know, that actually was, was, was happening with me and, and my wife at the end of last year, and beginning of, that, uh, of this year, we had a major thing going on and we really we had no way of, 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 you know, we didn't know how we were going to take care of this situation. And we were praying, praying and fasting started. And that was on the top of my list. And I shared it with the department heads, man, I'm believing for this. Me and Cassie need some direction on how to handle this situation. And it just took one person to say, hey, did y'all ever think about doing this? That was it. And I believe that was the Lord. That was the Holy Spirit speaking through a family member to give us the idea that sought us on a track that the Lord provided to take care of that situation. Are y'all following me? Now with me, that was the leadership of the Holy Spirit because we knew we could not, we, we didn't feel like we can figure this thing out on our own. So we prayed and we fasted 
and, and the Holy Spirit led us and guided us. Amen. You know, we see the Holy Spirit doing this all through the Bible. Matter of fact, I was reading Nehemiah this morning uh, when they were praying and thanking the Lord for all that they had done. He had done to the Israelites back in Exodus. He was talking about Moses and the Israelites back in Exodus. And Nehemiah 9.20 says, you sent your good spirit to instruct them. Come on, somebody. This is not just the Holy Spirit just came around in the book of Acts, right? Matter of fact, you read back to the first couple of verses in the Bible, and, and, and it says during creation that the spirit of the Lord was hovering amongst the waters. Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. The Spirit of the Lord, He is God. He's been around and He wants to lead us and instruct us as we see from Nehemiah to, to Exodus all the way through the Bible. The Holy Spirit is our director and our corrector. Amen? Amen. So number two, number two, not only does He lead us, but man, this is a huge one. He leads us and helps us, which leads into number two, He helps us to pray. He helps us to pray. How many of y'all would like a, to increase your prayer life? How many of you would maybe say, man, I, I struggle with praying. I struggle in my prayer life. Sometimes I don't know what to pray. Well, man, the Holy Spirit wants to help you with that. Romans 8, 26 and 27 says this, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father, who knows all hearts, knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. Now listen, when it says we don't know what to pray for, that word what in the Greek means the very little things. He's saying we don't even know what to pray for, how to pray in the very little things. So it shows if we don't know how to pray about the little things, think about even the bigger issues in life, right? Because it, he, he says it, we don't, we don't know how to pray, what, what God wants us to pray for. But the Holy Spirit is here to help us with that, right? See, because we are limited in our view, we are simply unable to see all the facts and the details that are required to pray effectively, right? You see, there's a lot going on behind the scenes. And let me say it this way, in the spiritual realm. You know, I remember my brother was in Teen Challenge in a ministry, and they used to all have, always have the saying, and they would always say, what's really going on? And what they meant was, what's really going on in the spiritual realm? See, we can, we can see situations and pray about situations and look at the natural and, and, what, and try to figure out, okay, well, this is happening because this is going on, or I'm going to deal with it this way because this way. But a lot of times, one, we don't even see everything in the natural, right? We think we know what somebody's thinking or how they're going to act, and we have no idea. And in other cases that we don't understand what's going on in the spiritual realm without the Holy Spirit's help, Right? You know, we just got back from, from this conference, and the pastor, the last thing he told us before we left is you got to win the war in the spirit. In other words, you have to pray and, and, and make sure you ask the Lord what's going on in the spirit before you can be effective in anything that you do. So, again, I, I, we have a limited view, and that's why we need divine guidance and help. Would you all agree with that? I know I, I need the Holy Spirit's help. I, you know, and, and, and this next thing, one of the main ways that the Holy Spirit helps us in praying is by giving us a, a heavenly prayer language. It's by giving us a heavenly prayer language. This prayer language is also known as tongues and is a prayer language that no one understands but God. Look at 1 Corinthians 14, 2. Paul says this, for if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God. You're not talking to people, talking to God since people won't be able to understand you. You will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will all be a mystery. And then look at verse 14 in 1 Corinthians 14. It says, for if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I am saying. 
So remember that when you pray in the Spirit, you know, it's a heavenly prayer language that the Lord has given you to a gift. If you look in Corinthians, and this is actually a whole other teaching in itself, but for time's sake, this is just a one part of being filled with the Spirit. I got I to gotta confess and be honest with you. When I first got saved and first started preaching, when I talked about being filled with the Spirit, praying in tongues was like the, the main focus. But as I've grown and as I've heard further teaching, this is only one part of being filled with the Spirit. So that's a whole other teaching itself. But this is a big part that, that we have a heaven, we, we're made available a heavenly prayer language that only the Lord understands. We can't understand it. People are going to think you're crazy. You know, don't worry. They think you're crazy anyway. But, you know, but you know what? The truth is when we pray in the spirit, we pray in God's perfect will. Right. That's what Romans says, that nobody knows the mind of God except the Holy Spirit. I take comfort in that. Matter of fact, as I was praying for all of you this morning, here's an example. I love that the Holy Spirit helps us. Now, again, he might lead us and direct us in how to pray. We might pray. Okay, well, the Lord showed me that, you know, Dixie, you know, she might need prayer for this specific thing. So I'll pray for her specifically. And that's a big part of what he's saying. But what's cool about praying in the spirit, praying in your heavenly language is that, you know, this morning as I was praying for y'all, I prayed some specific things. I started with the serve team and the staff and, and everybody that would be here today. And I lift the job and pray God's will over you. But then I just begin to pray in the spirit. And I'm just believing that, you know, I don't know what, there's going to be at least a thousand people that are going to step foot on this campus today. And I have no idea what all of y'all are going through, but the Lord does. So you see what I'm saying? I take comfort in knowing that I can pray over you in the spirit and know I'm praying God's will. Now, that's something supernaturally, but that helps us. That's one of the ways he helps us. Now, he also says he helps us in groanings that cannot even be expressed with words. What that means, and I, I saw this in my own life, when I went through some grieving of my own, when my brother died, I, there's times where you don't even know what to pray. You can't even pray in the spirit, and you're just groaning or, or maybe, you know, yelling or crying. And, and, and the Bible says that the Lord uses that. He, that's the kind of things that the Holy Spirit takes up to God as part of our prayers, right? Cody, you can probably understand what I'm talking about, right? I remember days I just sat in that prayer room and I prayed a little bit, but all I can do is cry and cry and cry. And I felt like that was part of my prayer to the Lord because the Bible says that we don't know what to pray or how to pray. What I'm trying to get at, saints, and I know I'm trying to throw a lot at you in just a little bit of time at one point, is that he wants to help you pray. I'm so thankful because I always say I'm thankful for my heavenly prayer language because you know what? I don't, especially trying to go in length of prayer, I'm not that smart. I can't think about that many words. Right. I'm glad I can pray in the spirit, you know. But what I notice is that when I begin to pray in the spirit, the Holy Spirit begins to lead me more on what to pray for in my English language. Right. Sometimes I begin to pray in the spirit. I'm like, man, I don't know how to pray for this situation. I begin to pray in the spirit. And then the Lord begins to show me, OK, I need to pray this. OK, specifically, I need to. Lord, I pray that you would. This needs to be bound up. This needs to. Lord, maybe it's me. I need to. Man, I'm sorry Lord, for my pride. Please convict. You know, help me. I'm convicted. You, you know what I'm saying? So as we pray in the spirit, he begins to help open up our vocabulary and our direction on what we should pray. Amen. Now, listen, again, I, I, that's, this is just a part of the teaching. If, if you're newer to the church or new to this teaching and you have any questions, myself and the other pastors will be up here after service and we'd love to talk with you and, and pray with you and answer any other further questions that you may have. Like Brother Tim's here. I know he's very versed in the Holy Spirit. He'll be up here too, if you don't mind putting him on the spot right now. You know, if, if you, would, if you, you want to talk about that uh, any further. You know, let me say this before I move on from this point. For those of you that are spirit-filled believers, that, that pray in your heavenly prayer language. If you are spirit-filled and you haven't been praying in the spirit, I want to encourage you, you need to start again. Listen, guys, this is our greatest asset when it comes to prayer. 
I'm going to say that. This is our greatest asset when it comes to prayer. This is one of the greatest gifts that the Lord has given us to help us. Again, he wants to help us. You know, so if you haven't been, it's time to kickstart that baby again. Amen? Amen. And then the third and final thing I want to share with you, and again, this is not an exhaustive list by any means, but one of the greatest blessings and benefits of of being continuously filled with the Holy Spirit is that he empowers us. He empowers us. Acts 1.8 says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He says that you will receive power from the Holy Spirit. So a, a few a few examples. Why do we need power? What do we need power for? Well, one, to minister. To minister. You remember just a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Todd said that y'all are all ministers according to Ephesians, right? That he's given some to be pastors to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry, right? You, y'all are all ministers, right? So I, the, the Holy Spirit gives us power to be able to minister. And you know, that might be to minister in your home as, as a stay-at-home mama. Your first ministry is those little children you're raising, right? Right? So that's, you know, to minister in your home. Or maybe you have a lost spouse or lost children. It might be to minister in your home, at work, or everywhere, right? Like last week when we went out for serve day, man, it's so much nicer to be able to minister. I saw some of y'all praying for people. And as we presented the gospel and locations and even working to be able to talk to people, man, it's so much more effective when you are operating and trying to minister or you are ministering in the power of the Holy Spirit instead of the, 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 your own strength. Would you agree with that? And if you're not sure, I just want to encourage you about that. And we're going to pray about being filled with the Holy Spirit uh, at the end of this message. And I want to encourage you. If you feel like you've been, you know, uh, not operating. As a matter of fact, I, as I was studying, I, I read, it's not in my notes, so I, I, I didn't, I might not quote it exactly right. But but the, the gist of it is most of us know who D.L. Moody is. D.L. Moody was, uh, if you've been in church of any amount of time, D.L. Moody was a great uh, man of God, a great, you know, theologian, a powerful uh, evangelist. And for many, many years, he was ministering and, and he had been ministering, um, I forgot where, and these two old ladies kept coming up to him and, and saying, I'm going to pray for you. And he's like, okay, thank you. They come up the next night. We're going to pray for you. Are we praying for you? And he finally, he got aggravated. He's like, what are you praying for me about? And these two little old ladies said, we're going to pray that you get the power of the Holy Spirit. And he was kind of offended, like, okay, well, thanks. I appreciate that. But he said he began to, he prayed with those ladies that night. And, and, and has he, he, one day he was walking in the busy streets of New York City and he said the power of the Holy Spirit came upon him. He had to turn off the road, go to a friend's house where he spent hours with the Lord and just being filled with the Holy Spirit. And it dramatically changed the course of D.L. Moody's life. And he's, I mean, there's this person I was reading, we're talking about, there's testimonies of Spurgeon and, and a bunch of these guys that we know that, that wrote a lot of the material and commentary that we read, that they went on trying to do ministry in their own strength. But then when they encountered the power of the Holy Spirit, we know their names today because of that. Amen? The glory all goes back to the Lord. You see it in Acts. You, you, if you read through the book of Acts, you will see the phrase, and being filled with the Holy Spirit, and then either like Stephen preached a powerful message, Peter preached a message where 3,000 got saved, and being filled with the Holy Spirit, you see a miracle happen, miracles happen. You see it all through the book of Acts. We just read Acts 1.8, right at the beginning of the book. Now, if you continue to read on through, you'll see with Paul, and being filled with the Holy Spirit, you know what, the, the, I think the author of that book was trying to tell us something, right? We read all kind of powerful ministry, uh, you know, uh, uh, exploits, so to speak, and miracles and souls being saved. 
But it was all because these believers were filled with the Holy Spirit. Also, this power is a power to resist and overcome temptation, right? Jesus said that we will always have temptation. But, but you know what? He's given us, again, the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit to resist and overcome that temptation. You know, some people, I still, uh, I'll meet with people and talk about something that they're struggling with. And he's like, man, I'm just trying, man. I'm trying as hard as I can to stop. And I was like, brother, if you're just trying in your own strength, you're never going to stop. You know how I know that? Because I tried in my own. Going back to my, the sin that I used to be caught up in. Believe me, I tried many times to quit doing drugs and, and, and drinking alcohol and all this kind of stuff. And I couldn't do it. It wasn't until I was saved and filled with the Holy Spirit that, that he gave me the power to overcome all this sin and temptation. And now you can't tempt me with, with drugs and alcohol, right? And that's what I've learned about temptation is that when you continue to tap into the power of God, the more you resist temptation, the easier it gets as you go on down the road. And then you go from resistance to overcoming it. Amen. You go from resistance to overcome, but that, only happens through the power of the Holy Spirit. And then also power to do warfare. As I just said, as we pray, you know, we got to win the battle in the spirit. You, you know, to, to, to be, we have an enemy, y'all. We have an enemy. We have a real enemy in the spiritual realm. And his name's Satan. But Jesus said that he has given us authority over all the powers of the enemy. So in other words, that word authority also means power. So our power through the Holy Spirit is greater than all the powers of the enemy right? The Holy Spirit's power trumps all the enemy and his demons' powers put together. Amen? And the Holy Spirit lives inside of us or wants to live inside of you. You know, I, I, we have to understand how important this is about being filled with the Holy Spirit and continuously filled, not just for this point, but in every way. I, uh, you know, try to put it to you this way in, 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 a, in a practical point. You know, my brother-in-law Blair is, is a plumber, and uh, a few years ago he had came to fix some pipes underneath my house. And they had all these different, you know, power tools, the sawzall and drill and all kind of stuff. But they were all battery operated, you know, all these nice DeWalt tools that he had. And a lot of them were starting to die. And by the end of my job, they all, they all died. His sawzall, his drill, I think he, he had something else, like a little grinder or something. And all of his, all of his batteries died by the end of my, uh, my job. And I was talking to him at the truck and he, he jumped back in the truck and he had to, he had to plug all his, his batteries back in uh, to, to get to the next job. And see... That's why the Bible says to continuously be filled. See, spiritually, kind of get a picture that we can get, you know, connected to the Lord one morning in our personal time with the Lord. Or we're in a Sunday service like this and we get our spiritual batteries charged, so to speak. But listen, when you get up tomorrow morning, you need to plug back in. You need to plug back into the power source, right? You know, those batteries only last so long, but then you have to plug it back into the power source. Come on, he's our power source, y'all. And we can't, we can't, like, man, we might have a great experience with the Lord at, at church today or, or, or in our personal time. But listen, that word, remember, means a continuous commanded experience. And listen, I want to encourage you. Don't wait until your spiritual batteries are dead. Don't wait till the spiritual batteries are dead. It takes longer to charge up a battery when it's completely dead than when it's just lost a little bit of power. Isn't that right? So let's stay continuously connected to the power source. Look what Ephesians 1, 19 and 20. I believe Pastor Todd read this verse and Matt even started the series with this, but I, I love what it talks about God's power. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. So just leave that up there for a minute. 
He, he's trying to, to, to hone it in, and I'm trying to today too. I want you to understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe. This power is incredible, y'all. It's supernatural. It's, it's amazing. And again, the same spirit, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, the Bible says, lives inside of us. Amen? Someone summed up being filled with the spirit like this. You are immersed in a relationship with him. You are submerged in his presence, and you are overwhelmed and overflowing with his power. Amen? That's how you define being filled with the Spirit. Immersed in a relationship, submerged in his presence, overwhelmed and overflowing in his power. So if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, or if you're not sure that you are, there's only two things that you have to do. First and foremost, you must be born again. You must be born again. You must be a Christian in order to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Remember we read earlier, John 14, 17, Jesus said this, the world cannot receive him, speaking of the Holy Spirit, the world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. Now, the world cannot receive the Holy Spirit, which means the world, meaning the lost people, people that, that don't know him. They can't receive the Holy Spirit, but they can receive Jesus. If you're not a Christian today, you know, you, you, you haven't been able to receive the Holy Spirit or be filled with the Holy Spirit yet, but the good news is you can receive Jesus today. And then right after that, you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank God there's no like 30-day processing uh, with being filled. You can receive Jesus and be filled with the Holy Spirit right after. Matter of fact, when you read Acts, and many people even nowadays, a testimony, it actually some of them happen like that. I've, I know people that have gotten saved and filled with the Holy Spirit right there at the same time, back to back. So if you never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, in a minute as we close, I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that. And then the next thing is, if you are a believer, this is as simple as it can be. All you have to do is ask him. All you have to do is ask him. It's that simple. Amen. I know for some, it doesn't, you know, you're like, well, there got to be more. This is to have, no. Look what Jesus said again. Luke 11, 11, 13. You're, you fall this. If your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not, and I hope not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? That's what Jesus said. Jesus didn't say you have to be in church for about three months. Didn't say you have to be tithing for about two weeks. Didn't say, even say you have to live a good life and have no sin in your life this week or not mess up. If that is the case, I still would not be filled with the Holy Spirit. What did Jesus say? Hey, we serve, we have a good father, a good, good father. And he said, even as us as human fathers, all of us that are dads, we wouldn't, you know, give our, our, our kids something opposite or, or something that they didn't want, right? But as our, our perfect heavenly father, he said, listen, if you ask, he will give you, he will fill you with his spirit. Amen? That's it. You know, and every time I preach this, and I just kind of sense even now there's some resistance, and sometimes it's because you may feel unworthy to receive the Holy Spirit. But let me, let, me, let me make this statement. If you are worthy to receive him, then you wouldn't need him. Let me say it again. If you are worthy enough to be able to receive him, you wouldn't need him. That's part of why we need Jesus and the Holy Spirit, because we'll never be worthy on our own, Right? We need him to help us. He understands how weak we are and all these things. He understands how weak we are. That's why he wants to empower us. Oh, come on. This is, this is good preaching right here. I don't, I don't usually say that, but that, that's the word of God. 
In our weakness, his strength is made perfect. In our, in our weakness, his power, the Bible says, is perfected. That's why we need this power, because he knows that we are human beings that can't do the things that he's called us to do and we need to do on our own. Amen? Why don't you go ahead and stand up with me? As I just mentioned a minute ago, you know, there's only two things we need to do to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Again, he says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. One ruins your life, one greatly enhances your life. All you need to do is be born again and to ask him. So do me a favor, with every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around, please, no one moving around either. If you can just hold off from, from slipping out of the service for just the next two minutes, I'd appreciate it. Maybe you said, Brandon, you know, I'm not even sure what it means to be born again. You said I need to be born again. Well, the truth is, the Bible says that all of us have sinned and fall short of God's glorious standard. We, we've all messed up. And you know what? But God loves us so much, the Bible says in John 3, 16, that he sent his son to die for us in our place. Like our sin deserved a consequence, which was eternity separated from God. But the Bible says he loves us so much. He loved the whole world that he sent Jesus, his only son, to die in our place. And the Bible says that if we confess our sins and believe, that means to trust Jesus and what he's done on the cross, that he took our place, that we will be saved, that we will be born again. And so uh, Jesus even told Nicodemus that he, a religious leader that was trying to do all the right things to be close to God. And he said, you cannot enter the kingdom of God unless you are born again. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you say, Brandon, you know, man, I'm not sure if I'm born again. I'm not sure that if, you know, today was my last day as we're talking about all these funerals coming up. If, if, if it was your funeral that was being planned right now, where would you be? Do you know? where you would be, where you would spend eternity. If you say, Brandon, I'm not sure where I'd be or if I'm right with God, but I want to make sure tonight, I want to be born again today. I just want you to slip up your hand. I want to pray for you. We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to, you know, make you come up here. I just want you to slip up your hand and I want to pray for you. you. Say, Brandon, I need to get right with the Lord. I need to be born again. If you say, I'm not sure. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, let me ask you this. Maybe you say, Brandon, you know, at one time I was, I had I'd gotten born again, but I've, I've slid away. I've, I've, I've gotten away from the Lord and, and I need to come back to Christ. I'm not right with God in the right state. I want to make sure that I'm right with God. That's you. I just want you to slip up your hand and I want to pray for you right now. I'm going to pray for you. I see your hand in the back. Anybody else? Anyone else? I, we can pray together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for being bold. Thank you, Lord. Well, let's, let's pray together. For, for, for those of you that raised your hand and for anybody else that you say, man, I, I, I want to I be born again. I want to come back to the Lord. Just pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus, Lord, I know that you died for me. I know you love me. And Lord, I ask that you would save me today. I know that I've sinned. And I ask that you forgive me of my sins. Lord, give me the grace and give me the strength to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, I pray. In Jesus' name, I pray. Now, before we leave, if you desire all that God has for you and you want to be led by him, helped by him, and empowered by him, come on, let's pray. And I want you to begin to ask the Lord to just fill you with his spirit right now. Come on, lift, lift your hands to the Lord. That's your desire. And say, I want to be led, empowered by, and helped by the Holy Spirit. Begin to ask the Lord. Lord, I ask that you would fill us right now. Fill every single one of us with your spirit. Lord, fill us with the spirit of God, not just in this moment, but every day, that continuous infilling of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we need you. We need your 
your leading. We need your leadership. We need your guidance. We need your power. We need your help, Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray for all those that have not received their heavenly prayer language, that today that you would, like God, bless them with that as well, Father God. We love you and thank you for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're going to do in our lives. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Hey, so listen. If you need prayer for anything, and more specifically, if you got questions about the Holy Spirit, I mentioned Tim in the past. His brother Francis is, is up here right here. Brother Francis Bork, and I know he'd be glad to talk with you as well. And any other elders or, or uh, altar ministers that we have, we'd love to pray with you, lay hands on you, and to help you alone in your journey with the Lord. If you need prayer for anything else as well, we'll be up here. God bless y'all. Have a wonderful day.